It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NBA Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Call 747-LEE's for all of your heating needs. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He joins us each week from the Bleacher Report. He's our good friend Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Good. How are you? Uh, We're fantastic. And I, I don't know how high this bar is, but I think Howard might be the smartest person we have on our air. Now, I don't know how much uh, of a compliment that is, Howard. But I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm worried for the intellect, the capacity of your other guests. If that's the case. <laughs> uh, Howard, uh, we love having you on, of course, and we love to get your take on the Utah Jazz. And right off the bat, um, you, you know, they had a big win against Philadelphia. They had some trouble on the boards uh, against the Clippers before that, but they seem to kind of tighten it up, and that that's a really big win. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, look, uh, the one thing I will say, and I will probably repeat myself throughout the season when I'm talking to you guys, is that um, the the Jazz, uh, we we know exactly what they are, what they have. Um, there's there's nothing to really pick apart and say, like, you know, this team lacks any particular item, any any you know basketball skill, any kind of. They, they, you're not gonna say, well. If they only had more, they, they, they're fine. They're like a really good, solid, deep roster. And what we're going to judge them on week after week from now until the spring and we're assessing their readiness to contend is going to be how do they match up with the most talented teams in the conference or in the league for that matter, um, but especially in the conference because we know the star power of the two L.A. teams and we know that Denver also is a team that's, that's built like the Jazz are on a lot of just really you know, good talents uh, and depth, but not with the, the you know, top five type talent and top ten type talent uh, that we see in L.A. So can they hang with those guys? Can they beat them? Um, how do they deal with, especially defending guys like when, it, when they're going to have to play against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George simultaneously, how will they deal with, with uh, that? Do they have enough wing defense? You know, how do they deal with, uh, you know, LeBron and A.D.? And, you know, on and on. Um, it, it's, it, it's, those are not doubts about them. It's just that's the bar that they have to be measured by. And if we're going to, to put them in that same sentence of Western Conference contenders. Howard, that question about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I bet every team is wondering what that's going to be like. Do we know when he'll be back, Paul George? I'm sorry, I lost you for a second there. Do we know when Paul George will be back? Uh, well, my good friend and yours, Sam Amick, reported recently that I think it, they were targeting a, a, an upcoming road trip, um, maybe about a week out, and that, that was a possibility. So it seems like it's close. Um, the initial uh, estimates in the preseason were that he was going to miss the first 10 or so games. So it seems like they're right on track with, with that. Uh, projection from the preseason. So I think we'll see him back pretty soon. And I think that, you know, this will be the real interesting test for the Clippers and, and for Paul George. You know, one, what kind of shape is he in? Basketball shape. Um, is there any lingering effect of those, those shoulder surgeries? Is that going to be a concern? Uh, I don't expect that he'll be a load management candidate, but who knows? He's a mid-career 
star, and if they think that it's best to kind of nurse him along, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do that. But they're going to need to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out there together soon. Um, I, I think that they're a seamless fit, and I don't think they're going to have any issues in terms of you know distribution of, of shots and possessions, usage rate. I think they're a far cleaner fit than, say, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. But you still need to actually do it. They still need the actual time on the court playing with each other, playing off of each other, and just seeing what the rhythm is like and if they can you know, you know, get, get accustomed to each other's games. Um, because they both are great both on and off the ball. And, and so they'll have, like I say, I don't think there's any issue there. But you, you still have to have that time together. So uh, it's important to get them back soon, I think, and you want as much runway time in the regular season as you can so that you really have all that, that uh, trust and rhythm created before you get to the spring. That's one of the things that we have learned in watching what's gone on with the Jazz with Mike Conley. We're still waiting for Mike Conley. We know what kind of professional he is. We know what his capabilities are. But they're still sort of bringing him in and trying to get him comfortable here. And I'm not sure it's a, it's a complete process yet. This is going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, you know, it takes longer in some places than others. I mean, who knows? Mike Conley was in Memphis for so long in, in a familiar environment, in a familiar system for the most part, a consistent system for most of his time there. And it's just, you know, it's not that he didn't have, you know, teammates come and go over the years. Of course he did, like anybody. But it's not the same as plunking yourself in the midst of a, of a completely new situation um, and, and, you know, kind of starting over for the first time in his career. It's rare for guys to, to last that long in one place anymore. Um, you know, and as I think I alluded to last week, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of the how much of this is age creeping in. And, you know, that's a fair question until it isn't. You know, and we see the old Mike Conley reemerge soon and he gets in a rhythm and he's looking great. And we'll say, OK, it, it, it was just a matter of him, you know, getting back up to speed and, and acclimating to a new environment. But if it lingers longer, you're going to have to start to wonder whether this is the mileage counting. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, Giannis and the Bucks are in town to play the Jazz tonight. And the other night against the Clippers, uh, Giannis, I believe, was four of seven from three, something like that. If he could do that consistently, the whole league's in trouble, right? <laughs> I mean, the league's in trouble anyway with Giannis, obviously. But, uh, yes, uh, you know, it is kind of the, the one gap in his game. And, you know, he's... Uh, unlike Ben Simmons, Giannis at least is willing to take shots, uh, mid-range shots as well as threes, and willing to miss them, and he's going to make some. And so as a result of that, defenses have to honor that and at, at least you know, uh, feign some interest in his, in his jump shooting and in his mid-range to, to, to perimeter game. Whereas with Ben Simmons, you know you can just play off of him because he's probably not going to take any of those shots anyway. So um, Giannis... Clearly has been you know, working hard at that three-point shot. He's made it very clear, uh, both in actions and words, that that's something that he wants to have in his arsenal. And, yeah, he's practically unguardable anyway. With a three-point shot, there's just nothing you're going to be able to do with him. It's, it's kind of a, uh, analogous to you know, uh, the, the um, early to mid-stages of LeBron's career when he added a better three-point shot and then added a post-game and went from being – a guy who, you know, just got that head of steam and you just couldn't stop him from coming at you like a freight train, which is what Giannis is as well, to a guy 
making sure he doesn't catch me, you know, coming off the dribble or in transition. I got to go wait. I got to go sit out there now and, and, and make sure that I'm, that I'm set and can get a hand up in case he's going to shoot it. And now while I'm honoring that, he might also just blow by me. And that's, you know, Giannis going four of seven from three is a really scary sight for the rest of the league. Howard, uh, you mentioned load management there, and uh, we've probably asked you about it before, but we'll go on asking you. Uh, I'm curious for our listeners to hear your thoughts on that. We understand both sides of it. I mean, you're uh, competitively, you want to win a championship and you want to preserve talent and all that sort of thing. On the other hand, you have paying customers who want to see these guys play. Doc Rivers gets the Clippers fined $50,000 for saying that Kawhi Leonard feels fine after they said he had a, a problem with his knee or whatever. What do you make of this whole thing, and how do you think it's going to play out? It's a really, really tough uh, issue for the league because this is a league that under Adam Silver has made it a hallmark to value player care, player welfare, to you know do everything possible to alleviate some of the, the, the most onerous, the most taxing parts of the schedule by you know cutting down the number of back-to-backs and, and eliminating four games and five nights and cutting, I think they've eliminated five and seven also, or they've cut it way back. They've done everything possible to try to, to benefit the players and their health because, hey, look, ultimately that's benefit to the league. Quality of play should be better if guys are better rested and not getting hurt as often. There is science to show that you know fatigue can lead to injury. And so if you can avoid extreme fatigue, maybe you can avoid injury, and now you're protecting your greatest asset, these incredibly talented uh, elite athletes. And since they're also making more than they've ever made before, then, you know, it's in the owner's interest to want to protect them as well. Because if you're, you know, giving a guy a $180 million contract, of course you're going to want to get as much as possible out of it. And if that means a game off on a given night, but in return you're getting his best on you know those most important nights in April, May, and potentially June, or you're getting you know uh, ten years of his peak instead of just eight or whatever it may be, then that's a worthwhile trade-off. And so there's no reason to doubt the logic behind it. What the, where the problem comes in, of course, as we've seen again and again and did again this week with with the Clippers and Kawhi is. But what about the fans? And what about that one trip you make to the opposite conference, you know, to, to a given city, and those fans who have spent their hard-earned money to come see Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or LeBron James or whoever? So that's, that's a tough balance for the league. But obviously the, the, it, it's one where they're leaning more toward player welfare than, uh, than, than fan service. Um, and counting on fans to just kind of understand. Now, they've built in some rules about notification of, of, of the league and, and you know, uh, not you know, trying to, to avoid sitting guys on nationally televised games and all these other things. But it's hard. And I think how, just, just how hard it is was showed the other night because, on the one hand, the NBA said the Clippers were within the rules in uh, resting Kawhi Leonard under load management principles at the same time finding them for something that, that Doc Rivers said. I thought it was a completely bizarre situation. I, I'm not sure the league handled that very well. I, I tweeted that this was just a really weird statement by them because they had spent an entire paragraph saying the Clippers complied with all the rules. Nevertheless, we're finding them $50,000, <laughs> and they didn't really explain why. And I understand it. It was because Doc Rivers sent out the wrong message. But Doc Rivers probably, and I'm just talking out of my rear here, I think Doc was probably telling the truth. And that's what he got fined for. I think Doc was probably revealing, listen, we're just, this is just simply like we want to rest him and make sure we don't overdo it. 
and this is just a, a scheduled game off for him. And what the league doesn't want is for it ever to seem so cavalier that it's just teams saying, yeah, we're just resting a guy tonight, because that, that can look bad for the league. They would rather it be that there's an injury listed, even if it's a fake injury, even if it's just a overly per, over, being overly precautious about a prior injury, which is kind of the case with Kawhi, because this is a two-year-old you know, condition we're talking about now. Um, but I, I, just, I think that the way that that played out the other night shows just how tricky this is for the league. Howard, great stuff as always. Thank you so very much for jumping on with us. We'll catch you next week and enjoy the basketball this weekend. Thanks, Howard. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Talk to you then. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck. Check out his work, of course, at the Bleacher Report. Uh, what he said on load management, you and I have discussed this, hacked through it a, a number of times. It is complicated, Jake. It is. And maybe it's only specific to certain teams. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, Kawhi does have this problem, I guess. But it's so early in the season that it, it, it seems he mentioned that the descriptive word, it seems cavalier. It does. Well, I, I don't think anything will be done about it until the players themselves do something about it because, uh, you know. The, They're not going to do anything about what, it. What's the NBA going to do about it? What's what's uh, What a franchise is going to do about it? I mean, you, you could be Michael Jordan, I guess, and tell your players that you're playing every game. But in all honesty, they could just, well, like we said the other day, they could just, uh, I've got an ingrown toenail. I can't play tonight. <laughs> I mean, they, whatever. You ever had an ingrown toenail? I oh, haven't, but I've, I've heard I, uh, I've heard they're awful. I mean, I'm not sure that I've ever really had a proper one. Austin, you have? Yeah, worst pain I've ever been in. I'm oh. not even kidding. It's horrendous. Yeah, do, I've heard it's bad. Do, what do you do? You go to the podiatrist? What, I, mean, I just or, went to my PCP, and he performed a little in-office uh, surgery there. He put a – in fact, the, the pain of the toenail was bad, but then when he injects that uh, uh, numbing stuff directly into your toe knuckle, that'll, <laughs> that'll make you just want to wish you weren't there. Well, that's your fault for, for trusting a, a guy on PCP to, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, to, to wait a take care of your toenail. I think we had a miscommunication there. Well, no, I just no. hear Austin talking about some dude on PCP. <laughs> hey, I go where I go, all right? Healthcare in this country is a debate we can have another time, Jake, if you'd like. I don't Oh, primary that, care physician. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, so yeah, <laughs> that's the lingo. So, Austin, I'm just wondering, next time you're just going to have him remove the whole toe? I'm not even kidding. I'll go to the, the shed, get a, a lopper out, and take care of it myself. <laughs> a lopper? <laughs> what, is the, what exactly is a lopper? You know, it lops toes off. Huh? Okay, all right. Oh, wow. What do you do? What do you use? Uh, a lopper. That? I mean, that's... I mean, is it... Is what do you it a, call them? Is, <laughs> I know, but what Green kind of... Green thumbs? What, what do you of, call them? What kind of equipment are they using? A hatchet? At well, the, that's why I asked what a lopper was. Well, I think he's talking... A lopper is the guy who's swinging oh, that's the hatchet. The, that's, right? No. It's a, it's a tool. <laughs> is it? I don't yes, know. rubes. Rubes. <laughs> what is a lopper? It lops things. <laughs> What's it look like? Uh, a giant pair of scissors. Uh, hedge cutters. I don't know. What do you call them? Hedge cutters? 
Hedge trimmers. It'd be tough to lose a toe with hedge trimmers. That'd be rough. All right, real quick, I uh, want to remind you about our friends at uh, Syringa Networks. Verizon or XO customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunications services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today, 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. Syringa Network. Jordan Pendleton joins us next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.